0: Powered by MPB, this is the MPB Student Council Podcast, hosted by members of MPB Student Council. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the ACAST app to listen on your iPhone or Android device.
1: Welcome to the MPB Student Council Podcast. I'm McKenna
2: Mead. I'm Jenna Den.
0: I'm Dionne Harrington, Jr.
2: And I'm Kaylin Woodard. Hear
0: ye hear ye. The Council Podcast has come to order.
2: In this episode, we're highlighting teachers who teach uniquely. In the studio with us now is Mr. Cooper,
3: Director of the Academy of Multimedia at Madison Central High School. Mr. Cooper, welcome to the show.
4: Thank you. Thank you, thank you.
3: For those of you who don't know, I am a student of Mr. Cooper's at Madison Central. So first thing, what exactly is the Academy of Multimedia Communications?
4: Jenna Grace, you are indeed a student of mine and actually a newly appointed ambassador of the Academy. But the AMC is a way to bring filmmaking and broadcast journalism opportunity into high school rather than having kids wait until college and spend a lot of money on a degree that they may get you know, a quarter of the way through and then not like it and realize they have to reschedule their whole future and their whole degree plan. And it's a lot of work. So this academy has been around since I believe 2015, 2016 school year. And I uh, worked with a few people at the beginning of the 2020-21 school year to rehash how its path is among four years of high school to give students the opportunity to be hands-on with filmmaking from the idea all the way to the screen, whether it be a big screen or their phone. So,
2: hi, Mr. Cooper. My name is Kaylin Woodard, and a question that I have for you is, what moment inspired you to become a teacher?
4: Teacher thing was coincidence when the pandemic hit in. Uh, February or March 2020, I was still living and working in New Orleans in the film industry that for a few years they called Hollywood South because they made more movies there than any place else in the country. Uh, that takes place in Georgia now, but we're trying to bring a lot of those people here to Mississippi. But when I was looking for another job, I knew that New Orleans wasn't going to hold you know, exactly what I needed. So I had a family member Tell me about this high school, was looking for a teacher in their media department. She didn't really know what it was. So I looked into it and I applied and had a Zoom meeting with the teachers that were. And a few weeks later, the principal called me and said, You're gonna be the new guy. Before all that started, I think branching off being a teacher, I don't think that was ever in my past idea wheel. It was I knew working in movies because I had one class in high school when I was a senior. We just did little school news stories that were nonsense. So we made little segments that I think only we watched and it was enough though, to get me into it. And then I made a life of it. So I really wanted to bring my college film education to the high school level so that people could get that experience to decide their future in the prime time of them deciding their future.
1: All right, well, howdy, Mr. Cooper, I'm McKenna Mead. My question is from the beginning of you teaching to right now, How has your teaching style changed?
4: Yes. Hey, McKenna. I would say I had a a very good teacher mentor when I first started who has since moved on to other ventures, but still within the education path. But I was a little overwhelmed with how much ground and material I had to cover with just the ninth graders that I was teaching. And then the 10th graders that I was supposed to be teaching the second round of my material but I had never taught even the first round yet. So I was doing them simultaneously, but it surprisingly came very naturally to talk in person to the high school kids. And people had asked me when they were subbing, like how long have you been teaching? Because when they would come in and like know my, I guess rules and plan for the day, they thought I'd been doing it for years. I was just so comfortable in it. What's changed since when I started and now is I think I really got into a rhythm of knowing the kids that I teach and how they learn best. And I am constantly, weekly, daily, changing the way that I, you know, introduce some of the material to not only the class, but to certain kids because they all have their way of getting through stuff. And I think I've never believed in making one way the only way. And if you don't get it, then you can either quit my class because this is the way it's done, or you can just fail. I don't really think that's fair in any subject. And while I'm not saying that's what teachers do, but especially for the material that I teach, it's all about creative expression. And so I give these students, these filmmakers, a chance to show me what they can do while giving them the means to do so.
0: Hi, Mr. Cooper. I'm Dion Harrington, and the question I have for you is, have you ever been taught a new strategy of teaching by a student?
4: I would say yes even in the past few weeks, because I had sent out just a random, you know, Microsoft form for everybody to fill out if they wanted to, to kind of give me feedback of kind of a reflection of how things are going so far in my class for them. What do you like? What do you not like? And I think one of the anonymous feedbacks I got was just spending more one-on-one time with the student that, you know, may have been absent for a week because of, getting COVID or just not really understanding the material when I gave a lecture on it or a demonstration. And I don't know how that type of mentality slipped through the cracks for me when I plan, but of course I want to help every student that I can understand it down to like being hands-on with making it happen. But I would always... I think in the past, just say, you know, if you guys have any questions or you need me to help you, you can always talk to me today. And I'll usually end it with, so let's have some fun today and make some stuff, you know, and a lot of people don't want to come to a teacher and just speak up and say, Hey, I need some help because they're in front of their friend. So I'll make it a habit to try to really pay attention and listen to what I visually can see people struggling with, or those that are asking certain questions. And then I'll Remember that in my mind of, okay, I'm going to talk to this person today and help them with this and say, "You know how you mentioned or asked this question last time? Well, let's get that computer out and we'll work on that." Or I'll help you set up you know the camera for you and, and do the whole project in front of the class so you can see how it's done, and then when it's your turn, I can step in and do a couple of steps if you need it. A lot of, I think, teachers will just like give the paper, give the PowerPoint give the due date and say, here's the stuff I'm teaching you today. Good luck. The next time I see you, we're going to do something else. and I'm going to expect you to know that too. That's a little forward, but I don't know. That's a different mentality from me working in the field of this and then bring it into the classroom. I think the two can mix and any subject I think can mix well with hands-on. I think it's a matter of just having the teacher care to do that and Luckily, I became one of those.
2: So now we have a couple of questions for one of his students, Jenna Dent. So Jenna, in what way has Mr. Cooper or one of his lessons inspired you? I don't know if I can pick one. It's
3: just every time you walk into the classroom, you know that you will be getting something out of it. You don't always necessarily know what it is, but you know that you will be a better person when you leave. I guess one of the first lessons that really inspired me and I knew that I was like, this is going to be an amazing class and this is an amazing teacher was probably the first project we ever did in that class. I believe it was a stop motion animation. We were just playing around with it. I feel like Mr. Cooper was still trying to get the hang of teaching, but just the way that he introduced the topic to the whole class, and would just talk one-on-one with his students, as well as make the opportunity for being creative so unjudgmental and free because he knew that it was a learning process for us. And I think it was a learning process for him as well. But I mean, I just, I can't pick one. They're all just so inspiring.
4: Thank you very much. That's very nice.
3: Is there any advice you would give to other teachers who would like to engage their students in a more creative or fun way?
4: I absolutely always, as every teacher does, have opinions about other teachers' ways. But I think uh, when any teacher starts the day and ends the day, it's really good to connect with your students, whether that be having each of them come up to your desk and just ask them, how are you? Or how's it going today? not just, hey, you got a zero, you need to turn this in by the end of the day, go sit down. I think really getting to know them, not just by first or last name, but like what they're into outside of school so that you can connect and they can trust you as a teacher more that you're in it for their best interest. And to know that the reason we and they all became teachers is to teach them to be their best self. And there's a lot of different paths that teachers can give students but if you don't focus on that one that the child shows strength in then you're just going to send them down the wrong path and so i think to take the time to give them those options and to show them that you're there not just because you have to be they're going to want to be there longer or more than they ever thought they wanted to when they signed up
3: right thank you so much for joining us on this MTV student council podcast episode thank
0: you this was fun. In the studio with us today is Ms. Brent, English 3 and 4 teacher at Lanier High School. Welcome to the show. Thank you. My name is Dionne Harrington. And the question I have for you today is why do you think students like your teaching so much? Um, I think that students like my teaching so much because they can sense the fact that I really care about them and their learning. So since students can establish the faith that I do care about them in their learning, it's easier for me to form a relationship and to get them to be receptive as to what I'm trying to teach them. So that's why I think that students like my teaching so much.
3: Hey, Ms. Brent, my name is Jenna Dent. My question for you is what are some teaching methods you use in the classroom as far as the content and mainly to engage the students?
0: I try to stay with the trends of what students are actually interested in. So I use resources like the internet, or I do peep in and you know listen to some of my students' conversations to hear about some of the things that may interest them. So I go and research things that teenagers may like at the time. And I, I do use social media to kind of help me um, stay afloat. And I take different lessons that I've seen other people do. And I think about my students and I try to make those lessons mine and I do what I can to make those students engage. Um, I can't say that I just go about a certain routine because I'm mainly like a teacher who can go on impulse. You know, I walk into the classroom, however my students are feeling, I meet them there. And sometimes it's on improv, a lot of things. So I can't say that it takes a lot of studying as far as the content, but like I do what I can to keep them engaged. I study myself before I even teach the content to my students. Whatever I give them, I complete the assignment on my own so I can see what questions that I have. Where did I go wrong? So I put myself in my students' shoes um, before I give them an assignment. So that I can comb out the kinks before I give it to them. I have a a concentration especially on reading, writing, analyzing, and ACT and my two courses are strictly dedicated to college and career readiness. So in my class I dedicate a lot of time to getting them ready to transition into college classrooms and to me my class is very crucial. It's very crucial especially if you're going to go to college It's the time when you need to start learning about literature. You need to learn how to open up your mind. You need to learn how to not just read a piece of text for the surface answers. You need to dig deep for the meaning. And I really feel like students really, really need that, not only because they need to know about literature, but because they need to know about life. With situations, when they come your way, you don't want to just hop on the first thing. You want to take time. You want to step back. You want to read the situation. You want to analyze the situation. You want to see how can you apply knowledge or how can you apply written or oral skills in order to, you know, better the situation or the assignment that's presented in front of you.
2: Well, hi, Miss Brent. My name is Kaylin Wooder. And a question that I have for you is, how do you find ways to teach students who are, like, struggling with what you're teaching?
0: What I do is I pull the student to the side. I ask them personally, one-on-one, hey, I see that we kind of having a hard time with such and such. I ask them, what is it that I can do for you first? And I make sure that the students aren't dealing with anything. A lot of times they are dealing with things that go on outside the classroom. So I do let the students know that I care about the factors that impact them on the outside of the classroom. So I clear that up first and I see what they have going on. And then if I have time, you know, I always let them them know that they can come back to me if they don't want to talk at that moment. But what I do is I go back from step one. Whatever I'm teaching, I go back from step one from the introduction of the lesson. And then I walk through every step and I check for understanding after everything that I teach them. And I try to track where they went wrong or where I went wrong or how I might have forgotten to go in depth or how I may have skipped over something. So I go and I try to check myself, but I feel like I'm never going to be able to catch that student at whatever point they're missing if I never go back to step one so I go back to step one with whatever I'm teaching and I walk the student back through it step by step and I'll sit there with them all day if I have to until they get it but I won't leave any of my students behind that's what I try to make my method
1: well Miss Brent my name is Minkin Amid and I just have to say you sound like a lovely teacher from what I've heard and I'm so glad I get to talk to you um, my question is, how has the pandemic affected your teaching
0: style, if at all? Wow. Um, the pandemic, it has affected my teaching style because I would say I had to adjust to, you know, doing everything on the computer with students. I had to step outside of the box and realize that school isn't the same school that it was when I was there. When I was in school, it was just strictly pencil and paper every day, and I had to go back and reinvent my classroom management styles. I had to literally go back to the drawing board and and figure out, okay, how can I still get in contact with my students virtually? How can I help my students to turn in this assignment when they don't physically have a pencil or a piece of paper in their hand. So I had to lean on other teachers for resources. I had to do a lot of, like I said, studying myself. A lot of times I had to practice on how students would submit different assignments to me So I really had to go and talk to some veteran teachers that had a little bit more experience with the classroom than I did. And whatever resources they had, I would take a notebook and a pencil to their classrooms and I would talk to them, jot down the resources. I would go look up the resources. I would look up how they were set up, if they're easy, if they're colorful, if they're boring and I would basically pick the resources that work for me out of the ones that they gave, and I would try to implement them one at a time with my students. So I still don't have it all the way down peg. It's a day-by-day process. So I'm still learning as my students learn. But as long as they don't give up on me, I won't give up on them because nobody was prepared for the pandemic. And it's also my first year teaching them as well. So I'm just having to roll with the punches. Your dedication is
1: admirable. I just have to say that. But I do have one final question for you before we close out. How is Kayla as a student?
0: Kayla is very passionate. She's very dedicated. She will help a student in a heartbeat. I mean, Kayla is the student that if I put them in a group, she will automatically take a leadership position and get everybody on track without me even asking her. And that is very much appreciated. She's been dedicated to my class and shown so much interest ever since day one. And she was one of the students that made me feel so welcome when I first arrived at Lanier that it just gave me a different type of feeling. And so she's one of the students in my homeroom class that motivates me to get up and to keep going every single day because students like her let me know that, okay, Ms. Brent, I'm depending on you for this information. So that means that I need to go home and I need to do some soul searching or I need to read up on my content because I have students like her who have plans after high school and they need me. So Kayla's she's great. Thank you so much.
1: For the, our audience who don't know who Kayla Latiker is, she is the person who recommended Miss Brent to us, and she is also a student council member.
0: Miss Brent, thank you so much. Oh, no problem. I've enjoyed you guys and the questions. Thank you for keeping me on my toes. I love the questions. Of
2: course. So in the studio today, we have Mr. Johnson who teaches science at Simpson Central. So Mr. Johnson, welcome to the show.
5: Nice to be here.
2: So Mr. Johnson, can you tell the audience how you teach science uniquely?
5: Well, uh, the thing about science is there's a lot of things that you can incorporate in science. Me personally, I think science is one of the most popular subjects that you can teach because you get to experiment with a lot of things. You get to think outside the box for one. If you can ask Kaylin In class, I challenge them a lot. Sometimes I would put things on the board and I would purposely give them the wrong answer to make them think that it is correct just so they can think outside of the box. Because the thing is, if you don't believe in yourself and uh, your ability to learn, then you're doubting yourself and you're uh, causing yourself to fail. So it's very important that, one, you think outside the box. If you believe in yourself, you can do anything. When they first met me, I told them that if you choose the hard way, your life will be easy. So uh, we choose the hard way in my class. We go the hard route. We don't take anything easy. You know, some kids, that were be like, hey, can you give me the answer to this question? We don't do that. I make them work for it because if they work for it, it'll show them that they can achieve a lot of stuff. I give them a lot of assessments. In these assessments, I give them questions that will challenge themselves. When they're taking assessments, I make them highlight keywords and assessments because she can tell you, I tell my class this all the time, 94% of the time in science, the answer that you need will be found in the question or the answers that is given. I also use unique strategies such as we play science tic-tac-toe. We play uh, science Jeopardy. We do a lot of different things. I'm not your ordinary teacher because I'm young. I am practically still in my 20s. I'm just going to say that. So I try to use a lot of technology. Right now, we're creating a rap song because music in today's world, it reaches a lot of our younger generations. So um, each class, I let them choose their own topic, their own music that they would like to use. It's up to them to... Make that song creative. So uh, that's a lot of unique things that we do that I feel that would be very helpful, not only in science, but all other subject areas as well. So I try to give them an opportunity to, to give me their feedback. Whether they're wrong, I still want to hear their feedback because it's important that you listen to your students. If you don't listen to your students, they're not going to want to learn. They're not going to be engaged to what's going on in class. So a lot of times you can ask KK. I've stopped class in the middle of class and I've called on a student to come up and teach the lesson because I feel that if you can teach the lesson, that means for one, we're on the same page and you are understanding what is going on. Secondly, if you can teach the lesson, that means that you have the ability to learn and help your peers that are around you, because if you can help somebody else around you, understand it in a better way, it is important and it'll go a long way with helping others learn I try to enforce a lot of things such as teaching in different styles and methods because everybody learns differently. I have a student, he falls asleep in class all the time, but he always passes the test. He always does good on diagnostic assessments. So I try to incorporate different types of learning for our uh, different types of students.
1: Hi, I'm McKenna Mead. My question is, what's your favorite lesson to teach and why?
5: It has to be, I'm going to say earth history. In science, we talked about earth history and I got all of my students riled up because we talked about mermaids and dinosaurs and all this type of stuff. And a lot of them got mad at me because I said mermaids doesn't exist. And I would say that Earth history has been one of my favorite lessons to teach because my kids gave me a lot of feedback. They had a lot of questions and the questions that they had, they were questions that you think students their age would not even ask. So I pushed my students to do a lot of research. And in that lesson, we did a lot of research pertaining to Earth histories. Were there humans before us? Or do you really believe that dinosaurs exist? How do you not know that somebody just created the fossils themselves and just left them there? Because we have no evidence of seeing dinosaurs. We personally have never seen a dinosaur in our life. But we have seen coming ancestors that have came from dinosaurs or that could be a part of the dinosaur family. So I pushed them to the brink of doing research because... You can't learn without research. I tell them all the time. I give them a homework assignment when the bell ring. your homework assignment is to go home and research such and such, because it's important that you do things outside of school. So uh, I would say earth history because the questions and feedback that I got from my students, it, it was amazing. It actually went around the whole school and I had other people coming to me that even haven't been in my class before talking about mermaids and dinosaurs and all this stuff. I think Kaylin was quite upset with me that day. (laughs) Hi,
0: I'm Deion Harrington. And my question for you is, what moment inspired you to become
5: a teacher? Well, that is quite interesting because my students asked me this same question. Before I even got into teaching, I was going to school to become a physical therapist. And it was just something that I wanted to do. And then once I got into school, doing my physical therapy work, Things wasn't just working out for me. Uh, it seemed like it was always something. I had the grades, but it seemed like it was always. Every time you take ten steps forward, you're getting knocked five steps back. So then I just changed my major. And my wife and her sister, they always told me, "You'll be good with kids." You know, you you have a positive, you know, mindset. You just that type of person that'll do good with kids because I'm also a youth minister, and I I'm over the youth at my church. So. My wife and her sister was always pushed me to, you know, go out into the community or go coach city league baseball or anything that you can do to help influence young people. So I changed my major. And once I changed my major, it's like everything just started flowing. Like I ended up graduating college a year early because like everything was moving in the right pace. And I just feel like everything happens for a reason. So when I got to Simpson Central and I met K.K. Nim. It's like I've never met them before in my life, but once they stepped foot in my classes, like we jailed, then you would have thought that I have already met them before, but it was like, we just talked, all the students, we came together and, you know, I told them, you know, I ain't old, so y'all ain't got to call me mister and all that stuff, you know, you know, we're going to talk like we just having what we call hot topics. People do a lot of hot topics, like for youth and stuff like that at church. So I incorporate a lot of stuff that I have experienced in my classroom. So I just feel like, you know, it was God's plan for me to change that path. And ever since I've changed that path, you know, things has been going higher and higher for me. So I believe that's that's why I got into teaching.
3: Hey, Mr. Johnson, my how name is doing? Jenna Dent. I'm doing good, how are you?
5: I'm doing good.
3: So I want to ask you about your students as a whole and how you know that they are learning or picking up what you're putting on the table And how Kayla learns?
5: Great question. Well, as a whole, my students as a whole, I typically do not move on to another lesson until I have made sure that every student can tell me something about the lesson. There's been times where I felt like I was rushing myself and rushing my kids. And I would tell them all the time, look, we got to move on so we can get to our next units up because we don't want to be behind. But my thing is if they need to know this information, why rush them? You can ask her now. We're kind of person for time now because we're about two and a half weeks behind with our lessons because I want to make sure that they know the stuff that they need to know so in order for me to make sure that they know the stuff that they need to know she can tell you this all the time they'll walk in my classroom clear your desk get your pencil and paper out all the time and they'll look at me like you gotta be kidding me and I would make them think that it's going to be a long drawn out test number your paper one to ten or one to fifteen and I just ask them one significant question And I just tell them to answer it. And that one significant question may be something that is the meat of the unit that will relate back to every standard that we are teaching in that unit that we're covering. I also give power checks. I give diagnostic assessments. I go back and pull those standards and allow them to go in and take those. And we calculate that percentage to see where we will be at when it's time for us to take our state test to see if we are meeting that standard. Because I told them that you know, my goal is for everybody to score fives on the state test. Will everybody do that? No, but we can strive to be perfect. We can strive to do that. We can strive to work together. And I'm also getting ready to go into tutoring to make sure that they have the, you know, significant resources that they need to develop the learning skills of the standards and objectives that we are teaching. I know they love when we play games in my class because they'll sometimes be like, Well, we don't understand it here, but now since we're playing the game, you know, and we break it down, we understand it better. Or if I pull out my candy box, they'll start answering questions and I'll be like, I thought you didn't know it. So uh, it just depends on what's going on. So I try to incorporate different strategies to get, you know, feedback out of them because I always tell them that no question is a dumb question. So you ask your question because that same question you ask, somebody else may be thinking of the same question and need that same exact answer. I try to incorporate a lot of different learning strategies. So stuff like formative assessments, summative assessments, pop quizzes. We'll do games. Sometimes we'll play hot potato with a dodgeball and just toss it back and forth to each other. And whoever it stops on, they have to answer the question. Or just different types of things that we incorporate in our classroom to, you know, make learning fun. Because I feel like a fun classroom makes learning easy. If I just stand up and lecture all day and talk like I'm talking now all day long, then somebody going to fall asleep. So I try to incorporate different strategies and techniques to help them become, number one, better young men and young women and to get the material that they need to learn.
3: So my next question is to Kaylin. I'm going to kind of touch on the same question that I just asked Mr. Johnson. How do you feel as a student learning from him?
2: Well, I feel like it's great because like he doesn't just teach to teach, like he builds relationships with each of his students. Like he lets them know that he actually cares about their learning. Like he may even switch up the, the teaching style just so it could fit another student better so everyone else is able to understand how he's like teaching what he's teaching and like the different topics about it. Thank you, Mr. Johnson.
3: Thank you so much for being a teacher who teaches uniquely and gives to these students in such a great way. And thank you for being on this MPB episode.
5: I thank y'all for having me.
3: On behalf of the Mississippi Public Broadcasting Student Council, we'd
1: like to thank
2: Mr. Cooper, Ms. Brent, and Mr. Johnson for joining us. For
1: more information on MPB student council, please visit education.mpbonline.org.
0: Hear ye. The council podcast is now adjourned. You've been listening to the MPB Student Council Podcast. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the ACAST app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. This podcast is hosted with love by ACAST.